Welcome to the conversation at airsafe.com. I'm your host, Todd Curtis. On January 6, 2015, I had a conversation with Charles Adler of CJOB Radio of Winnipeg, Canada, about the ongoing investigation into the loss of AirAsia Flight QZ8501. We discussed a number of issues, including a recent report from the Indonesian government that ICE may have been a factor in the loss of this aircraft. Time to get connected. Charles Adler on 680 CJOB. 14-page document. The Indonesian Weather Office said engine damage due to ice was the most probable weather phenomenon at play in the crash of Airbus A320, uh, the Air Asia jetliner. We have uh, reached our go-to guy on aviation, Todd Curtis of the AirSafe Foundation. He formerly worked for Boeing and the U.S. Air Force. Uh, Todd, thank you so much uh, for always being available to us. We really appreciate uh, the access very much. Thank you, Todd. Well, thanks again for the opportunity. Let's, uh, let's talk about ICE and that engine. What do we know? Well, what we know is basically indirect information. And as the uh, report from the Indonesian authorities indicated, ice accumulation and damage and other effects of that ice is a possibility. But the most important fact is the black boxes and the engines and most of the aircraft itself is still uh, outside of the hands of the investigators. So there's no direct evidence that the suspected ice may have been a, a culprit here. All right, so let's just go with the ice theory. I mean, every time we're on, we're discussing another theory, and we have to discuss theories until we actually know everything and until we get the black boxes and get more information and more investigation, we won't know. How does this business about the ice work, and what is it that we need to think about in terms of weather and aviation? Well, there are a variety of ways that ice can affect the engine. And, of course, uh, in the past couple of decades or so, there have been several dozen cases of ice being ingested into the engine and causing damage or engine shutdowns. And there's also the possibility of ice accumulating on various measuring devices that might uh, give incorrect readings to the flight control computers and to the pilots. And in fact, as you're probably aware, uh, GE has a research facility in the Winnipeg area that deals, among other things, with uh, potential for ice problems on engines. But again, it's something that's very dynamic depends on the weather conditions. It's something where, although the A320 has flown tens of millions of times, there can be unique situations encountered by some flights that are outside of what's been planned for. And this may be one of those cases, but again, I'll reserve judgment until there's more solid evidence from the aircraft. Once again, you you have to have a perfect storm of bad stuff for tragic stuff to happen. So we're told that in the right conditions, the core of a jet engine that normally operates at 1,600 degrees Celsius, that hot, can be so badly frozen, it slows or shuts down together. As I say, there must be a perfect storm of really bad stuff to happen for this kind of engine to shut down. Because let's face it, uh, flying through this kind of ice all the time. Uh, That's correct. And although the weather conditions in Southeast Asia aren't exactly the weather conditions in North America and Western Europe where most of the world's jetliners are tested. Uh, The fact of the matter is the modern uh, jetliner fleet has copious amounts of data that's being analyzed all the time by the manufacturers and by the airlines themselves. And even though the Airbus was designed over a couple of decades ago, there's still new information coming in from around the world, not just from Airbus, but from other aircraft that gives the designers 
and the operators more insights as to what can go wrong and what they can do to prevent it from going wrong. Todd, uh, we're told that there are hundreds of examples of uh, ice-induced power lines and power loss, ice-induced in jet engines. Uh, naturally, uh, we very rarely have something as bad as this as the end result, but engines do shut down. What I'm curious about is what is it about that particular area uh, that um, that makes it so deadly for aviation? Well, I'll uh, uh, step away from a second and say that I'm not an expert in the uh, particular weather phenomenon in that part of Southeast Asia. But in the past year, I will say this. Malaysia has been incredibly unfortunate in that there were three uh, very serious events, very well-publicized events, that are associated with Malaysia. And it could be one of these happenstance situations. Of course, we all know about MH370, which is still missing. And a few months later, the MH17 that was allegedly shot down over Eastern Europe. And now this aircraft, the AirAsia aircraft, and AirAsia, the parent company, is based in Malaysia. And is this something that's about this area of the world? I don't think so, because the three events took place very, very widely separated parts of the earth. Is it something about the way that this country is managing their airlines or the corporations that are based there managing their aircraft? Again, the, the three events are so very different from one another. I personally can't uh, say anything other than just uh, unfortunate circumstances happen to occur to this one small country in this one year. I don't think there's anything inherently bad about that area of the world or about the way they're operating their aircraft. Well, unfortunately, as you know, if, if it is ice particles, we're told, and you help me with this, uh, Todd Curtis of the AirSafe Foundation, we're told that it's very difficult to pick up on ice particles on, on the radar. Well, that's correct. The, uh, the uh, meteorologist, the, the radar that they have in aircraft, it's there primarily to pick up large thunderstorms and other uh, uh, moisture-based uh, phenomena that's out, that's out there. Ice isn't necessarily something that will be picked up very well or at all on radar, especially if you have very tiny ice crystals that may accumulate once it hits the surface of the aircraft. Now, this is a side issue, but another thing that doesn't show up on radar, which has been associated with problems in the past, has been volcanic dust and volcanic ash, rather. And a separate problem, but again, it just shows you that there are phenomena out there that are not going to be picked up easily by radar. And unfortunately, like you said before, you may have a perfect storm of events happening, and only after the fact do the uh, designers on the ground figure out, well, well, gee, here's some things where our sensor systems aren't picking them up, but we're clearly getting some effects on aircraft. What can be done with changing technology or changing procedures to prevent this from happening in the future? Now, I rushed a little bit ahead here. I have to go back and say again, most of the information about what happened to this flight is still outside of the hands of the investigators. Black boxes haven't been found. No direct information was broadcast from the aircraft about the condition of the engines that uh, that I'm aware of. And the aircraft structure itself, most of it is still presumably on the bottom of the ocean. So until those pieces come together, until there's some better analysis, uh, I'll withhold judgment as to whether ICE had a major role or any role whatsoever in this event. For more information on this ongoing investigation, please visit airsafe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.